he's so funny. <laughs> Love Ron. We appreciate all he does, and uh, he does help back there in media. And I already got another guy getting ready to come back see you before long. There's a vicious rumor floating about between services, so that's good. Uh, God is just so good, and we, we're thankful. We've had a, you know, believing God for a great year this 2020. He did a, a, an incredible year this 2019, and yeah, there's ups and downs in every year. We all know that, but I mean, he just did some amazing things, and church is on the grow, and we're reaching more people, and we're believing that 2020 will reach even more than we've even reached last year, again, and above and beyond what we could ask or think, and so we're excited about that. I wanted to say really quickly, and just want you to pray about it. If you're a guest today, this really this family business, and unless you want to make this your family, then we're all good with that. But no pressure on this at all. I said in December uh, that you know we were believing God to raise money just for a sign outside. We have our logo out there, and uh, we just want to make an awareness. We're we're here to to take kingdom territory. I mean, God gave us this building on this side, so we're believing God for that. Uh, that sign is $3,800 that just says True Life Church to light up. Because we still people, you know, hey, uh, oh, yeah, they know this is the Moose Building because it was the Moose Building for many years. That's, just, that's fine. But, you know, we're just using it for the kingdom now. And so we wanted to do that. So this is just my, my uh, suggestion, and that's all it is. So please don't feel uh, pressure. I want you just to listen to the Lord. I had said in December if we had 100 people that would say in the month of January, outside of my tithe, I would give $10 a week, which would be $40, um, then we would raise about $4,000 and we'd just go pay. You know, we've done everything in here cash. Uh, we don't owe on all of this stuff. Uh, and we're thankful for the Lord for that. So we want to continue that with that. So, but if you're saying, well, you know, I could do that, but I could even do better. If I had 40 people that would give $100 in January, $25 a week, the cost of maybe a pizza past their tithe and offering, and just put on their sign, um, then, you know, we're going to order the sign as we get the money for it and, and go get it, and we're just believing God for great, and we just want to put it up, which will give our grounds team and facilities team another wonderful job to do. <laughs> yeah, and Tom in the back says, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> But they put up the logo, and they just do a great job. They took down the Christmas decorations, and he has a great team at Tom and, and all of the guys and girls. Actually, a girl helping out. Jill was there helping out as well. So um, we just appreciate all their hard work and their effort. But anyway, you pray about that. And again, just if you feel motivated, uh, be motivated, <laughs> and we'll see all that happen. This morning, I want to talk to you um, about kingdom of God or kingdom of man. So I want us to be walking the right path. And there are a lot of things that have happened, truth or tradition, stuff that we've decided somehow we, we say it's biblical, but we really don't know if it's biblical. It's just been told us for years and years. We could even say grandma taught it and we bought it or, or the church taught it and we bought it. And just because, you know, the church, I mean, me included, doesn't matter. If I'm saying something that goes outside of this book, you have every right to look at this book and do what the book says. If I didn't go by the book, I'm wrong. Uh, and, and so we need to understand that. So everything has to go according uh, to the word of God. Say amen to that. So um, we want to look at stuff that, you know, are we really believing God or are we believing something that maybe man created? When we first started TLC, um, actually it's coming close to 14 years ago. Um, we, you know, we started with 17 people in our living room. But we had a, there was an element once we got started that said you need to have Sunday night service. 
and the Lord didn't instruct me to have Sunday night service. We have never had Sunday night service since the inception of this church. Now, again, I was uh, uh, ordained in the Assemblies of God, um, pastored a couple churches in the Assemblies, and, and we always had Sunday night service. There, and if you're watching online, let's wave hi to our online crowd. Uh, you're okay. There's nothing wrong with having Sunday night service, but we, I didn't feel to have one. And here's the reason, and there are some people, and they were the element was like, you must have it. If you don't have it, you will not have God's blessing. Sunday night service was created a few hundred years ago by man for farmers that were in their field on Sunday morning and couldn't make Sunday, so they had to come Sunday night. It's not in there. So therefore, I don't have to have Sunday night service. Now, I'm not against it. And if we needed to have a service for a special thing, I'm okay with that. If the Lord ever instructed us to do that. But he has never done that since the beginning. So we've had multiple services on Sunday morning. And we're going to continue that as we fill this service. We'll add another service. That's why we have 9, 1030. If I have to add another one, I'll add it at noon. If I have to add another one, I'll add it Saturday night. So, you know, we'll just add services as God gives us the grace to do that. That's fine. But it's not because we're not after God. We want to do what God wants us to do. There's nothing wrong, again, if you have a Sunday night service or maybe you attend a church or have family that go there. That's cool. I'm not against that. But we didn't. That element that said you need to have it, if you don't have it, we're not going to be here. They're no longer here because we didn't have it. I'm okay with that. Because we want to be able to say, God, this is, this is your church. I want you to do what you want to do i want to do things along the way that god is saying not just because man so if you have your bible look at mark 7 13 <coughs> mark 7 13 let me find it in mine real quick this is what it says as soon as i find it oh there it is and so you cancel the word of god in order to hand down your own tradition and this is only one example among many others so if we're not, you know, Jesus is talking here. Mine's in red, so yours should be in red as well. He is saying, beware, you know, even in Luke, he says, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. In other words, just man's tradition. If we're putting something that man is doing above what God says, we need to watch out because that's kind of thin ice, isn't it? I mean, if we're just kind of, well, I'm, I'm not sure why I'm doing it. But if, you know, let's make sure we're doing God's rules instead of man's made rules. So that's what he's saying. He said, Traditions aren't bad, but let's make sure they're good ones. Let's make sure they're God ones. You know what happens in the world today? We just, if we've done it that way, that's the way we've always done it, Pastor. That's, we've always done it that way. And we just call it Christianity. But what if it's not God's rule? What if it's just man? I don't want to live for the wrong kingdom. I want to do things right. Have you ever tried to... We did a skit one time in Royal Rangers. It was like a Christian Boy Scout. And one of the skits was a kid comes walking by pulling a rope. And I said, hey, Tommy, what are you pulling the rope for? I'm doing a service. What are you pulling the rope? He goes, do you ever try pushing one? <laughs> Point being, you know, sometimes it doesn't feel like we're not making any headway because we're trying to push something that was never meant for us to be pushing. We're trying to do something that God said, I never said do that. I want to make sure you're walking the right path, and the Lord will lead you, not man. And you'll just be led of the Bible and God, and that will be your final authority. So I'm going to look at five biblical things that we're just going to unpeel, uncover, debunk, so to speak, that we believe were true, but, it, but I'm just going to tell you it's a man's kingdom rule, not a God's kingdom rule. Now here's my heart. 
I hope that you don't get mad at me. You could. And it's okay. If you do, just you're going to have to love me because you've got to live with me anyway. We've got to put up with each other. We might as well get used to it. So I'm not here to make you mad, although if I do, okay. Here's number one. Kingdom of God or kingdom of man. You should always pray if it be your will. Now again, I'm going to get your toes a little stubbed, but I had to stub mine before I could do this. So Luke 22, 42 says, Father, if you're willing, please take this cup from suffering from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. And what we learned in church is we just, oh, I just need to pray for God's will. What if God's will is already explained and it's already written? And will they build doctrines off of this one scripture that Jesus quotes? This is him in the garden. Lord, I don't really want to go through this. I want to explain something to you, and hopefully this will help you. This is the only time recorded that Jesus says this kind of prayer. Every other prayer that he says is always bold. He knows exactly this is what God, you know, when he prays for Lazarus, he says, you know, Father, you hear me. If you go on and read that, he says, you always hear me. He knows exactly. God has his will. It's written in the book. Let me tell you where you can pray this prayer. When you can pray, Lord, if it's your will. Now, you've got to understand, Jesus is God in flesh. He's God with skin on. Okay? Now, let me even go past that. You know that Christ came died for you and me and now he is where well his god's spirit lives in the kingdom of god is in you because jesus had to go so his spirit come on can be in you so now you know how god works on this earth is through that's how that happens what jesus is doing here because he is god yet he is man he is not saying, I don't know if I need to do this. He's, what he's saying is, I need clarity. Is this, is this still the plan? Have you ever asked God for clarity? He's not saying, I'm not going to do it. He's saying, look, that's why Jesus, he knows what you feel. He knows there's times you're like, oh. You ever had to go talk to somebody and you're like, I do not want to go talk to this person. I want to be where God wants me to be. When we pray a wobbly prayer of everything that we do, oh, Lord, if it's your will, if it's your will, if it's your will, I'll find Del Monte ketchup on sale. He doesn't care. He'll, I mean, if you need Del Monte ketchup on sale, I guess you, you can find it. But I mean, some, we, we pray some of the silliest things, which is okay. We just take, my wife believes she will find sales when she goes shopping. Any other ladies believe that? Oh, find sales. A lot of times she'll find a sale, and it's the only size just for her. She went and exchanged the gift. They had one of what she needed, and it was the only one left. And so she comes back to the car, and she said, God saved this one for me. I do believe that. Because she went into the store knowing, God, you got this, because we got there. And she said, I feel I'm supposed to go in there right now. Okay. That's what you do, guys, by the way, whether you're newly married or not. Okay. I'm a... don't, don't go, no, <laughs> unless you really feel the Lord telling you not to. But anyway, she went in. She... Moving on. 
James 1, 6 and 9 says, When you ask him, be sure your faith is in God alone. Do not wave or do not waver for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as the wave of the sea that's blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything they do. I mean, it's just amazing. If you understand what they're saying, if you don't know, we don't know what to stand on. Anybody can tell you anything then. That even sounds remotely, well, that sounds kind of true. Don't let me, I'm not trying to convince you. I'm trying to tell you what the word says. You look at it, you make your choice. I don't have to ask God. I have people come up to me, oh, I'd like to know if it's God's will if I get a divorce. If it's God's will that I tell a lie. If it's God's will that I tithe. Well, no, he doesn't like divorce. No, one of the commandments is don't lie. And yes, he says to tithe. It's in there. It's in the book. I don't have to ask him his will. It's already written out for me. Now, there's times that he's told me, and I've had to ask again. If I'm going to be like anybody, I want to be like Jesus. I've had to ask for clarity. Lord, show me. You told me to do this. Let me just tell you, man, I have never started a church till I started this one. I didn't know how to start a church. I had to put my hand to find out how to do it. I had to get, God, I had to go and find wisdom, ideas, concepts. How do you do this? How do you become a 501c3? What do I got to do? How do I get, how do we survive? How do we feed our kids? That kind of gets important. How do we buy instruments? How do we get a building? How do you preach? Don't say anything else. I see you're still learning. I am. I'm still learning. But you don't have to ask his will. You know, God, is it your will that, that I get healed? You know, if you're praying, God, oh, Lord, if it be your will, heal me. You know what that will do? That will help you die. Let's look at his word. Let's see what his will is. Because if I know what his will says, I can be like Jesus. Father, you hear me. You always hear me. My children, if they were sick, you know what they did? They would come running to Father. Dad, will you pray for me? Why? Because, listen to me, not that Dad's anything great other than I'm the jumper cable. If I pray, he hears me, they get better, period. That's how that works. So you can pray for clarity. You can ask God, just show me exactly what you want me to do show me the steps i'm okay with that so the verdict if we just pray god's will if we're just praying on everything that's a man's kingdom if we're wanting clarity that's a god's kingdom thing here's number two god's kingdom or man's kingdom believers or christians shouldn't be rich oh i'm gonna go there matthew 19 24 read jesus talking again it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. We get criticized. Anybody can have money, but you can't be in ministry and have money, or you can't be a believer and have money because people will judge you because of that because you're supposed to be broke, busted, and disgusted. <clears throat> Years ago, my beautiful wife, she wanted, now if you watch the commercials, this is how they pronounce it, Jaguar. She wanted a Jaguar. Well, I say Jaguar, but Jaguar. And so I bought her one. It was a used one, but I did research. I found it was a good used one and all that. Bought her one. And I had people that were just, 
You can't have one of those. Why not? Because you're in ministry. I wear socks and underwear and pants and shirts. You wear those? Oh, you can't wear those. You're in ministry. No, I can't. <laughs> you can have. I mean, it, what's amazing is the mindset that goes with that. People will, will search the word and try to find a scripture that will just mind with what they want. Well, this is what I believe. So let me see if I can find something. Take it out of context. Men is good at that. But what if we just read the word and said, I'm going to believe what that says instead of trying to find something just to twist to believe my belief. Jesus, if, here's the truth. He talked more about money than he did heaven and hell. There's over 2,000 scriptures about money. I think believers should be the most wealthy people in the world. Now, I, you know... <laughs> I'm believing, you know, PK and I, you know, we love helping people. She loves to give. I love to give. We have given things away. We've given automobiles away. We've given jewelry away. We've given purses away. We've given clothes away. We've given money away. We've, you know, we have done so many things. And I'm, I'm not saying, oh, look at me, because please remember, the whistle doesn't pull the train. It just makes noise. I'm just trying to tell you, I'm not there yet. But, but for us to say we're not supposed to have anything, we've pastored for going on close to 30 years. Pushing. No, 27? Yeah, okay. 27? Okay. Uh, but, you know, we've pastored in different places. And we pastored in one place. And we were blessed enough. We had some wonderful people that let us borrow a camper. And we were able to live in a camper because we, we couldn't get a house at the time. And we, you know, we were on welfare, Medicaid. We got cheese and bread and cereal and all that kind of stuff. I mean, so I, and we had people that came up to us. Truly, we're just, we're so glad you're poor. And I'm looking at them like, I've, I've got four kids, man. And my kids are, you know, we had all our stuff in storage. And I'm like, glad I'm poor. Yeah, because now you know how we feel. That's really not my job, is it? I want, to, I want to be the example of Christ. I want to show them what the Bible says so that we don't have to live like that. Now, here's the thing. You can live with a mindset of poverty, not enough. You can always look at the glass half empty, or you can look at the glass half full. You can stay out of negativity. You can say, oh, this always happens. I can be Charlie Brown wise. Everybody always picking on me. I hate worms. I'm just going to eat, you know, blah, 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 blah. And what happens in this and this and then it's all down negative and boo, 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 hoo. But if we would just start saying, you know what, God? I might be here now, but thank, thank the Lord I'm not staying here. I'm on my way out. And we started, you know how we did that? We gave our way out doesn't make any sense does it if you don't have enough why would you give what you have when you don't have enough out but just to quote something that's not biblical but from jay leno with doritos we'll make more god just did that we would give and he would bring more we would give and he would bring more i would start doing things and, he, and i'd say oh, god are you clarity are you sure yeah give that 
okay. PK would give, she would give everything away. She would. I, she's walked right by me just because somebody loved her purse. She's got everything in her arms. What are you doing? Where's your purse? Gave it that woman over there. I'm like, okay. Check this principle out. Within just a month or so, she had gotten like five more purses better than the one she gave away. They were just started showing up. I gave away a sports jacket. I had a guy that just kept wanting to use my sport. I like that jacket. So finally I took it off and said, try it. Oh, that's not, that's real nice. Oh. And the Lord said, let him have it. I'm like, you can have it. I thought he would say, I can't take your jacket. Here. He goes, thanks. <laughs> Middle of winter. I come, Kim's like, honey, where's your coat? I said, oh, here it goes. But within two weeks, I had people coming up to me and said, the Lord told me I'm supposed to take you for shopping for clothing. Does that make any sense to you? Come on. You see, we get this mindset that, boy, if you're a believer, you can't have. We had a, I pastored in Pickerington, Ohio, which is on the east side of Columbus. Had a guy stand up, and this is what he said. I'm so blessed. So much money's coming in. So much stuff. I need God. I need you to pray with me. I need God to turn off the faucet. There's a lot of words I want to come out of my mouth right now, and they're probably not all good. Really? If you have more than you need, could you not help somebody else out? If he keeps pouring you with blessing, could you not say, listen, let's give it to the poor. Let's do this. Let me tell you something. A mindset that says, I don't need, I just need enough to get by. What if God says, my kingdom says, I'll give you more than enough so you can bless more people. The problem is it's been abused. But God wants us to be his kingdom to reach out to help people. Teach them how not just to eat for a meal, but to eat for life. It's not always easy. This is going actually in a different direction than first service. But yet the Lord is saying, listen, if you understand giving, if you don't understand nothing else except the Lord is worthy to be praised by your giving. He'll bless you. He'll give you ideas. He'll give you concepts that will help you. Here's some scripture the Bible says. The Lord is the one who gives you the power to get wealth. Deuteronomy 8.18. God takes pleasure in your prosperity. Psalm 35.27. God's blessing will make you rich. And the Bible says he'll, he adds no sorrow with it. That's Proverbs 10.22. When you honor the Lord with money, abundance will come back to you. Malachi 3.10. Proverbs 3.9 and 10. He provides all your needs generously so you have money left over to be a blessing to others. 2 Corinthians 9.8. But let's, let's just be honest. Money is not always easy to handle. There are problems with that. You, the Bible doesn't say money is bad. It says the love of money is bad. And that's what happens. People get to where they love something so much it takes precedence over how they got it. That God blessed them with it. You, God doesn't care that you have money. He just doesn't want money to have you. Did you hear that? So if he says at any time, I need you to do this, not my money, it's your money. I'm just the steward over it. What do you want me to do with it? There's times that he's told me and, and PK, I need you to do this. And I'm like, <laughs> clarity. I need you to do this. I need you to take all of this money and I need you to give it. But God, we have all these needs. We were, we were believing that money was for this. And he's quiet. 
And then he, he says again, I need you to trust me. I need you to give it. And we would do that. And then, sure enough, he would send somebody from somewhere, something would happen, they'd came and said, you know, I, I gave away all my kids' Christmas money. You know how much I love God if you're giving your kids' Christmas money away. And we were looking at each other going, what are we going to do for Christmas? You know, we've, you, know you tell your kids, it's going to be great, because you know how I feel about Christmas. I mean, I listen to music almost all year round. So my holly jolly Christmas is going right down the tube. But I'm like, Lord, you're good. So again, now think about what I'm saying. So we begin to say, you know what? I declare the works of the Lord. We walk by faith and not by sight. I don't have to see it. I just have to believe it and see it in my spirit. God will do whatever. I did what he said. He knows my kids. He knows all about that. And true story. We gave thousands of dollars away, and the Lord came up and said, somebody just said, I'm supposed to give you this check for Christmas. Thank you. Thank you. You see, man has all kinds of ways that they have to reason them out in man's reasoning. But God says where man says, that's impossible. God says, no, it's not. Not if I'm involved, it's not. See, I won't clear off my notes, so I'm trying to find my way back. Let me just ask this. If a believer or a Christian shouldn't be rich, let's define the word rich. We all probably come up with a definition. Some would say, I don't have to have money to be rich. I just need to have love. All you need is love. I just need enough just to pay my bills, and I'm good. I get it. Everybody could have their own definition. I don't need a lot of fancy. There's people that are plain. There's other people like fancy. I get it. So we all have our own definition, but let's just talk about it. Who decides what's more than enough? Our headship has a, you know, he has a house that he built. He has companies and businesses, and he, they built a house on 55 acres. They have more acreage than that now. I got my eight-point deer there just a couple weeks ago. 7,000 square foot home. It's beautiful. And there was a guy that just all bent out of shape. You can't have a home like that. You're a pastor. You can't have a home. And the church shouldn't have to pay for that. And I'm going to see it. Blah, blah, blah. And he was like, church hasn't paid for a dime of this. I have companies in business. And even if they did, as long as he had covering, he, had, he could, you know, assess that. And he has accountability. I hope you're okay with that. I mean, but the church didn't buy a dime of that property. And then the guy was shut down then. Well, it's okay as long as you're not a... No. Who defines? Well, then what is acceptable if it's not 7,000 square foot? 3,000? Is that? 1,000. You used to live in a shack. Well, let's go back to the church we pastored before. Camper's good for you. No. Man has that definition. What does God say? God is, I mean, I think our faith is limitless, but I think it's also about stewardship. I don't, I'm, I'm not saying you should have 75 cars and gold plumbing and, you know, Elmer Fudd. Uh, I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is there, there needs to be accountability and there needs to be good stewardship. And what happens is we judge people because of what they have or what they don't have or whatever or because of this or because of that. Now, we've always done stuff on the side. I, have, I, have, I work for my pastor 
on the side. I've helped a lot of people. I helped them get out of debt, and it doesn't cost them anything. There's a plug for me. Ha, ha, ha. But what I'm trying to tell you is I've always done things. I've always had my hand in whatever the Lord wants me to do. So sometimes people will go, ooh, see where he lives? Well, we know who's paying for that. Church didn't do that. God did that. We made investments. We did things that he told us to do and brought back in sometimes big chunks. Had nothing to do with the church. See how quiet it is? But this is my belief. God wants you blessed as well. He doesn't want you to have to live paycheck to paycheck. He doesn't want you to have to be like, there's no way out. The underlying spirit of all that judgment is from Judas. It's from the enemy, Satan. That, remember he entered Judas and Judas said, we should give, she shouldn't pour that on his feet. We could have given all that money to the poor. It's a greedy, envious, and a wicked spirit. But people that are good stewards, God uses them as funnels and they just keep blessing people. They just bless people. Now, I'm, I, I know, you know, I'm just saying, I, I love my pastor. I love uh, our pastors, my wife and I. <laughs> but, you know, the, this church, it's had its ups and downs. And, I, you know, I'm accountable to him. And he'd say, tell me, tell me what's going on. So I'd tell him, here's what's happening. Here's this. Here's this. This is even before, you know, last year we looked back and we had to pay for two buildings. How God did that, I don't know. But he did. But pastor would just be, he'd just be like, ooh, here, hope this helps. And he just wrote us a check. Not for us, for the church. I mean, it was just like, he didn't even think twice. Why? Because he understands the principle, and God has blessed him, and he is, he is a funnel. I think we should believe God for, for wealth so we can be a blessing to people. So that we can help more people and further the kingdom. The more we get, I think the more we should give. So that's a man's kingdom thing. You can't have any money. I believe you can. Just be a good steward over it. Here's number three. God's kingdom or man's kingdom. God puts, sometimes he puts sickness on people. Now, again, I'm not trying to make you mad. I'm just trying to debunk some of these things. If I were to do to my children what many people think God does to his children, I'd be arrested for child abuse. People say God's good, but he causes cancer and national disasters or natural disasters, and, and they even blame him for terrorist attack. And they'll say this, and I'm not saying I've never said these things that God hasn't brought me from somewhere, so please, I'm just trying to pull the onion back, so to speak. Well, God allowed it instead of saying he caused it. Which the more I thought about that, there's not a whole lot of difference. Let me just say this. If I abuse my children or allow or approve of somebody else to abuse them, I got problems. That's pretty obvious. Well, God works in mysterious ways. We can add insult to injury. And what we end up doing is we just, we put everything back on God because we don't want to be accountable for any authority 
or anything that we have to take authority over. <clears throat> Folks, I know I'm ornery. I know I'm silly from time to time, but I, I'm passionate about this just for the fact that I believe God is looking for people that will take the kingdom and the God at his word. You know, and God has protected us and always kept us safe. If anybody would ever come in my house, you've heard me say this before, I would not be like, oh, Father, please do not let them get Kim or the kids. And I would just stay in a room or go hide in the closet. You think that would be what I would do? That is not what I'm going to do. I'm going to take authority and say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I will get this intruder out of my house. They will not touch my children. And while I'm doing that, she'll be calling 911. Because I'm going to take my hands and put them on what God has put in front of me. Man has an idea of things and God has his own way. How many knows that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life? So if we follow that and say, okay, let's just do what Jesus did. If I'm just saying things like, uh, God, he's doing these things or he's caused sickness or whatever. He does evil so he can display his, his mercy. So he does something bad so he can show how good he is. That would, again, I'm just putting these examples down. It would be like breaking my kid's arm and comforting them and just so I can show my skill set and resetting it for them. That's stupid. People say, well, Brett, what about Job? What about Jesus? Do you understand the book of Job's in the Bible and it's all there, it's all true, but it's, it's Job's take on what he's like, this is what happened and this is Job's take on it. But it, it actually screams of the redemptive and the restoration power of Jesus Christ, of what God will do. That's what this Bible is about. The Bible is trying to get you someplace. The kingdom, everything in the kingdom happens by faith. Confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, do not doubt. Everything happens by faith. John 3, 8 states that the reason Jesus came was to destroy the works of the devil. The reason Jesus came was to destroy the works of the devil. The reason Jesus came, is there an echo in here? Was to destroy the works of the devil. But with the help of the enemy, the people come up with this idea that we glorify God somehow by suffering. Without complaining. God puts sickness on them to teach us something. If that was true, why, don't we, why do we run to the doctor for the remedy if God put it on us? Only the enemy gets the glory. If you remember, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus came to give you life and to give it to you more abundantly. You can go to the New Testament from front to back and you won't find any record of God getting praise because somebody on a sickbed were suffering for Jesus. I don't want to serve a God like that. It's healing, not sickness, that glorifies God. He sent his word to instruct us. He didn't send sickness or disease. He sent his word to fight that. His word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It's his word that I hide in my heart. It's, it's his word. His word goes forth. It doesn't come back void. It's the healing word of God. 
Quit telling me about all your problems. Start understanding that God says, start talking this way. I have people that say, oh, I can't, you know me, if I'm sick, I'm to say I'm not. Isn't that lying? I'm telling you to talk faith talk. By his stripes, you were healed. It's past tense. Thank God that sickness can't stay on my body. Thank God I'm healed by his stripes. Thank you, God, that every sickness, every infirmity that touches my body dies instantly. And I won't have it. That's one of my wife's favorite things. She goes, she'll tell, she gets mad at the devil. She'll go, Brett, the devil makes me mad and I'm not having it. And I'm telling you, when a four foot, 11 or five foot girl with heels on is not having it, you better get out of her way. Because she ain't having it. She might be little, but I'm telling you, right now, you go see Star Wars, this is a Jedi. She'll sign autographs after church. <laughs> I looked over at her and I said, you are Ray. <laughs> Give me the popcorn. <laughs> I mean, she just, she just is like, she is a Jedi. I'm convinced of that. I might, you might be like, oh, great. He's way off on the deep end. All I'm trying to say is she takes God at his word. She just like, I'm not having this. This is a violation of covenant. So many times we just let the enemy run over us, run amok over us, and just do things. And then finally when we're sick and tired, I'm telling you, I'm looking at people that I think are tired of being sick and tired. If you're sick and tired, then grab God at his word. Get a hold of it. Get it inside you and begin to say, that's it. It's over. There's a new sheriff in town, and I'm not putting up with this anymore. And begin to declare the goodness of God. Sickness is a curse. If you check the master list of blessings and curses, Deuteronomy 28, you're going to find out sickness, poverty, grief, and every kind of trouble. Those aren't blessings. Those are curses. The, the enemy are the one, is the one that puts sickness and disease. Jesus came to destroy the works. We've talked about that. Healing, health, and wholeness. That's God's will for his people. So if, if God is putting sickness, that's a man's kingdom verdict there. Here's number four. God's kingdom or man's kingdom, healing is not for everyone. He healed all the sick among them. Everybody say all. Man has simply ignored all of these scriptures. There's so many scriptures where Jesus, he just heals them. It is, I believe God's word and I believe scripture says that it is his will for every single believer to be healed. There is not one instance of Jesus refusing to heal somebody in the Bible. Matthew 15, 30 says, he healed them all. God is no respecter of persons. If he did it before, he'll do it again. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't arbitrarily choose. I'm just going to, well, Brett's been a little ornery today. I'm not going to heal him today. But if he gets his act together, he doesn't do that. He works by covenant. So we got to ask ourselves, then why are some people not healed? And again, I'm not here to hurt your feelings because I got to live with this as well. Faith opens the door to healing. Faith always has a point of reception. It has a point of release. There's always a point where we believe it, and we receive it, and it's done, whether you see it or not. Come on, somebody. We walk by faith and not by sight. I don't have to see it to know what he did on Calvary is already mine. I shall have it. I'll walk in it right now in Jesus' name. That's how faith works. Confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, and do not doubt. So then why doesn't that? See, this is what happens because we don't like to be accountable to know that maybe we, we don't have it all together. Maybe we're, our faith isn't what it was, or we are just wore, you ever been wore down? You're just tired? 
I want to operate fully. Sometimes I found out that I have to be like that person that says, Lord, help my unbelief. I thought I was fully persuaded. You ever thought that and then found out in the voice of adversity or in the face of that, you're like, I'm not as persuaded as I once thought I was. Give me an example. When you just eat at the buffet, you're going on a diet tomorrow. You are really excited about, I'm going on a diet, man. It's going to be great. I am going to be lean, mean, preaching machine. It's going to be awesome. I'm going to lose weight. It'll just drop off me. People look at me and it'll just melt off. I wish that was true. But then Monday morning comes and you are, you mean well, but then your stomach starts saying, hey, hey, there's still Christmas cookies. Hey, you got all those gift cards. That one's from Taco Bell. Jesus would eat nachos. You, you're, you're, you're not resolved as you once were. Well, you know what? I'm going to eat. I'm starting tomorrow. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to wait till these gift cards done. That's what I'm going to do, and then I'm going to start. We find out, because in, the, in that, and see, the enemy knows. He will try to do things, and I'm just encouraging in this month, maybe God, in, in the month of January, you're feeling to fast. I don't know what you're feeling to fast. Maybe food. Maybe other things, I don't know, or maybe just a meal a day or a meal a week on a certain day or, you know, media. I don't know. Some of you, just a fast face will, would be like, oh, my gosh. But you need that, you know, God, is there something you want me to do? Resolve, Jesus, you are the answer. My all in all is in you, no matter what. I'm going to stick with him. I'm going to resolve to be in your kingdom. You know, I found out in my life, sometimes it's a little painful. I'm like, I need help in areas. I don't know about you, but I certainly am not perfect. Here's number five and our last one for this morning. God's kingdom or man's kingdom. God is in control of everything. I get it. And certainly God created the heavens and the earth and all of that. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. James 4, 7. Right above that, it says, well, actually, submit yourselves to God if you're reading that. The enemy doesn't have to flee if you're not submitted to something greater than him. Years ago, there was some legislature that was being trying to be passed in a, another state to mandate the teaching of homosexuality in a public classroom beginning in kindergarten. And it was brought up to a Bible study that was happening in that same area. And, and the guy asked them, hey, would you guys please pray about this? Because we are going to be voting on this issue, whatever that was back at the time. And uh, the group just seemed pretty complacent about it. How many knows that it's a privilege to vote? You do have authority and a voice, and I think you should use it. But so they didn't take a stand. They didn't pray. They didn't resist. They just, this is what they said. God would never let that happen. Now it's much worse than it's ever been, isn't it? If God is in control of everything, then he would be to blame for every bad thing. Someone once said this, to believe that God allows and approves of Satan's actions defies the logic of James 4, 7. 
it eliminates our responsibility to resist and places ultimate responsibility on everything back on God. In other words, we don't have to do anything because it's all going to happen no matter what. It just is all part of the plan. We just have to sit back and that's it. How many knows you have a free will? You have a voice. You can speak to the mountain about your God. What giant is facing you? Quit telling God about your giant. Start telling that giant about your God. I've tried it the other way. That's a long route. I'd rather go this way. God, you've given me authority. I believe you've given me authority. You know, my kids, when they were growing up, would say stuff like this. They'd go and tell, they'd, they work so well together. You're not allowed to do that. And Mallory would say, yes, I am. And Zach would say, no, you're not. And she'd say, uh-huh. Now listen, who said? Dad said. And they would go, crap. <laughs> you know why? Because if she was telling the truth, and heaven forbid if Mallory would lie, she just wouldn't do that. If she did, she'd probably break down in tears. If I said, no, you tell them I said. And she would go tell them what I said. Case closed. That's how it should be with the Bible. You should be able, because the enemy's going to ask you, who says I have to stop attacking your kids? Who says I have to stop attacking your health? Who says? Dad says. And according to what Dad says, it stops now. Are you getting it? See, this is part of where you have to say, you know what, God? This is your kingdom. And the kingdom of God is righteousness, joy, and peace. And it lives where? In you. In you. God's kingdom is in you. You are the expressive one that takes the authority, that is the agent of God that is on this earth. Remember that Adam and Eve gave it to Satan. And Jesus came and took it back from him. And guess who he gave it to? Us. Let's use it. Let's start being who God tells us to be. Believing what he tells us to do. Some people will say, well, God just gave the devil permission just to do this. Take authority over that stuff. God is a good God. Now, we've looked at five things. You can say to yourself... I'm okay with you on two of these or three of these or four of these. I didn't like this one. It's okay. You have the right to be wrong. I am not the end all. But if I said anything that doesn't line up with that book, then, then certainly take the book over me. But what's amazing is I've seen God do stuff that only God could do. I've seen us do things in faith that there's no other explanation but God. You've heard many of the stories. You've heard how he's just come through and he's done this. I mean, miraculous things where I, I sowed and believed God for a lawnmower. And the lawnmower was 900 and some dollars. And then in a, in a card, I got, Pastor, I don't even know who gave it because there was no name, I don't believe. I'm supposed to give this to you for a lawnmower question mark hope that means something here's 900 and some dollars guess it was the exact amount that i needed for the lawnmower how did that happen god i 
I think that Christians like you and I are supposed to have fruit. I've had people that come up to me, and this is what stopped the argument. They'd say, you can't tell me about giving because I, don't, I believe it's this. And it would be contrary to that word. They say it's not, but according to the scripture, it is. And they said, there's nothing you can do to convince me different. So I would be quiet. And they say, don't you have anything to say? And I said, you just told me there's nothing I could do to convince you different. And this is what stopped that conversation that one, this one particular day. I don't know if my wife will remember this. They were in uh, the house, they were in the Malone's house. We're, they're there. there. Okay. Malone's house, which was our house before. And we were in this together, having this discussion. And this is what I said. Look around you. And he stopped and looked around. And I said, how do you think this got here? This is what I'm just saying. I didn't do this. I put my hand to it. Yes, but God did this. There's no other explanation. Because what happens in what the world is looking for, they want answers, friends. They want fruit. You have a better way? Show them the way. Then declare and believe. Put your hand to it. Watch God take you from a mess to a masterpiece. Let him, let him show them. Your loved ones know where you are. They know how you are. If you're not right, then make the changes. Kingdom of God all the way. Bow your heads, close your eyes, please.